You are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Thank you, Amelia. And how's it going, A's fans? Welcome to episode 287 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's episode, it is my conversation with Paul Holden, the new host of Locked On Rockies. Uh, we had some fun, fun conversation about this one, uh, finding out what the state of the Rockies is. Uh, we recorded this on Tuesday after their win against the Rangers. Since then, they have won two more games against the Texas Rangers, uh, giving them they were uh, you know, just uh, six games above 500, I believe, at home coming into this series. We talked about that a little bit, but uh, roughly, you know, a, a little bit better than 500. And since they've already won three games at home in this uh, in this homestand, the A's could go in there and sweep. So that is now on the table. We did not discuss that because, uh, you know, it, it didn't come up. But um, that is now something that I'm hoping for at this point uh, in the season. So uh, this is just a just an interview with Paul Holden talking about stuff. At some point, I give my take on what I would do if I was running the Rockies. So that was a lot of fun for me because, uh, yeah, I, I made some changes. And so, uh, yeah, that it's, it's a good conversation. Get you guys ready for this weekend series in Colorado. So... Uh, uh, without further ado, here is my conversation with Paul Holden of Locked On Rockies. Enjoy. So the A's are visiting the Rockies this weekend, and uh, we are recording this late Tuesday night. We have almost completed both of our games on Tuesday. Uh, the A's are still winning. They have not completed the victory yet. Your Rockies have already pulled off the win against the Rangers. Um, Herman Marquez looked good, and he is actually one of the starters that the A's will be facing. Uh, when he's going right, what are you looking for? You're looking for the, the Rockies ace, honestly, especially at home. You're looking for a pitcher that's demonstrated success uh, at, at Coors Field, being able to, to make batters hit and miss. And you're looking for strikeouts. Herman Marquez is, I would say, the, the pitcher that has the most abilities for the Rockies to get strikeouts. So if Herman can get up there and have good control of his payoff pitches and good control of, of, of those pitches that will keep uh, batters off balance, he's he's a tough guy to go up against. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Herman Marquez. And was worried a little bit uh, at the beginning of the year, but uh, I got some uh, some insight from uh, a couple of Rockies Twitter people that uh, mentioned that they weren't too worried about Armand, and, and we've seen him really, really succeed. And yeah, looked 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 sharp again tonight uh, against the uh, Rangers. Let's see, going um, I think it was yeah seven innings with only two hits today and seven strikeouts. Like that that's what you're looking for if if Armand is on it. You're looking for a, a game for him going into the sixth or seventh inning seven or eight strikeouts and keeping those walks minimal. But if Vermont is off his game, you're going to see that control really struggle. And he's walked way more people this year than, than he normally does. I've had him on my fantasy teams a, a bunch of times. Cause you're like, ah, Herman Marquez is actually really good when he's on. And so you'll see mm -hmm. like that, uh, seven innings, two hits, seven K's, but every now and then he'll go like three innings, four innings, and then give up like five or six. And you're like, all right, well, I don't know what I'm getting necessarily. Um, it, do you think that this is kind of like the showcase time for him? Cause I know that the Rockies had some 
some uh, turnover in their front office and whatnot. They have a, a new, do they even have a GM at this point? Or is it just, they do uh, have an like, interim GM at okay. this point. He, it, but, it, but again, that, that is, that is the key, the key thing though. It is a, uh, with, with Dick Monfort being in charge, he's a, he's a guy that's been in the organization for a while. And Dick Monfort is nothing but loyal to organizational people. So he, he could be the, the pick, but we're me. And I think in a group of other Rockies fans are truly hoping for let's, bring someone in from the outside what's been working in Colorado worked for a couple of years and then you decided to make a huge trade you need to reevaluate what's going on especially with the poor performance from the team on the road this year yeah they I, I was going to talk about that too the Rockies are 16 and or now 17 and 12 at home and uh they don't have that many other wins that what are they got like three four, four wins win. on the road Four wins on the road. I believe they're like four and 22, four and 23 on, on the road now. Historically bad on yes. the road this year. Which is great because the A's will be the road team in this series. So, uh, yeah, I know that everybody's you know going to be like, oh, the Rockies, we can take them. But they're actually pretty good at home. And their WRC plus, you know, on fan graphs is only 88. This is before uh, Tuesday's game. So there's been some other stats accrued by the time you're listening to this. But that's 12% below league average. So, and their ERA is at 450. Is it just a matter of the other pitchers that are coming in just are giving up more runs somehow? What, what is the usual Rockies win at home that is getting them to 16 and 12 right now? You know, it's, it's come in a multitude of ways, but this is where the only place where the Rockies offense has existed. The, the Rockies offense has just flat out been, I, I, I don't think there's a better phrase than non-existent on the road. You don't go to Pittsburgh for a, and, and end up playing a doubleheader and get shut out in, ba- in, the, in a doubleheader when your offense is firing on all cylinders and both home or away. Uh, that's truly it. The, the, the team will score runs at home and then the bullpen will implode and it'll go from a six to one lead to a six to five game with Daniel Bard hanging on by the skin of his teeth. I mean, that's it, it, it's it's just been this. That's I think been the storyline so often this year. I, I, that's just the Rockies do somehow tap into to that home field magic, that little bit of that course field magic and, and, and hit well at home. And then they, they go on the road. And uh, I don't know if it's the course field hangover mixed with new baseballs this year, but you, something, something happens. And, and that's what I mean when, when the Rockies need to take an outside approach, they need to start embracing the quirks of being the Colorado Rockies. You need to f- start digging into the stats and the reasons why you're seeing the performance and stuff by the team uh, and, and figure out what you can do to counteract that. Because as much as I hate the, the reliance on course field as a national narrative for the Rockies, you can't ignore it though. And I don't think it's been ever more prevalent than this year. The Rockies flat out cannot hit on the road, but yet they go home and that's where they, they are able to succeed. And they play over 500 ball. There is clearly a big difference there and something that has to be explored. So uh, for a Rockies win at home, it's going to be starters doing what they've done. I think that's been the bright spot of the Rockies this year has been the starting pitching started off the year, a little shaky, but you, you got a starting pitching. That's going to go deep into the game. Your bullpen at least keeps it close enough. And then your offense is able to play six or seven runs, five, six, seven runs, which uh, is something they've only done at home. Five, six, seven seems insurmountable to the A's heading into their Tuesday game, but uh, they just had a big inning against Seattle, which hopefully is a big turning point. They put up 10 right now uh, as we're talking. Yeah, it's still, oh God, they put, they gave up runs. No, now it's 10 to six. (laughs) It was 10 to four when we started. Um, And they, they had a big six run inning and that's fantastic. 
So hopefully, you know, they can just get that going for tomorrow's game, Wednesday's game as well. Uh, by the time you hear this, you'll know. And then just take that into Colorado where the ball tends to fly a little bit. But what kind of a player do you think that you need to go after if you're the Colorado Rockies? Obviously, pitching is kind of hit and miss, I think, just because of how the ball moves. You can't necessarily draft for a specific thing. Uh, they've tried, you know, fastball guys. They've tried, you know, curveball guys. They've tried the different, you know, reliance on pitches before, but just in the field, do, do you need to just have a lights out defense, just athletes in the outfield? Is that kind of the next iteration that you think we might see in Colorado? I think we were going to see it. I think the Rockies had the foundation for something great. And we unfortunately don't get the answer to that question. Remember this was a playoff Rockies team that mm -hmm. the infield consisted of Nolan Arenado, Trevor story, and DJ LeMahieu. Mm -hmm. Remember also, this is a Colorado Rockies team that decided to give the same deal to Daniel Murphy instead of DJ LeMahieu and not approach him at all to bring him back to have somebody Daniel Murphy underperform. I mean, this was a team that, I think the blueprint was you are you get a player, a, a guy that can get some strikeouts, but is a contact to ground ball guy, and you just let your defense handle it. You let Nolan Arenado do what he does best. You let and backed up by Trevor Story. I don't think there was a better left side in baseball. I don't think it was honestly really even all that close when uh, I, I think the Rockies were a first baseman away from a, what could have been potentially a all time great defense in the infield. I mean, when you have if. It's just kind of crazy to think an Aaron out story and LeMahieu all on the same Colorado team. It seems so far away at this point, but I think that's that that is the question that still remains to be asked. I truly do think though, that the Rockies need to embrace uh, pitchers that are ground ball contact guys, the best they can and, and embrace defense and, and work on getting relievers that can do something that can just come in. I think uh, the Rockies should go after a hard throwing uh, middle reliever or, and build a bullpen of people that if you haven't scored yet at course field, they're going to come in and throw a hundred miles an hour at you and make it, you know, if you're going to hit it, you got to hit it hard. And you know, that's a hard hit ball in course field. You'll take that. But we, I, I think that's what the Rockies need people that that'll hit ground balls into a solid defense. And then some relievers that can come in and just don't have to overpower you through a bunch of junk. Just they're going to come in with some gas and say, hit this. And if you do, we will, we will react to that. So that's what I hope the Rockies go after is something because the bullpen has to be addressed. It's, it's been better lately, and, and that, is, that is for sure. But the bullpen is coming. The Rockies would be a much better team if the bullpen was in a better place. And, uh, you know, again, the catcher position is also still something that you wonder about. The Rockies now have a catcher that can hit but isn't all that great defensively and a great catcher that hasn't hit anything uh, at all uh, this year. So the, the catcher position still seems to be a mystery, but I think with, you know, you got CJ Crone over there on first base, that's doing enough. And, and he's a, the perfect type of an example of player that the Rockies needed when they were in contention. You don't need a Daniel Murphy, just get a first baseman that can hit 275 and is six, five, and is going to be able to track everything, you know, catch every ball that Nolan throws just about, and we'd be in a different spot. So the future of the Rockies, I hope, is, is a hard-throwing, middle-relieving uh, bullpen core, uh, core uh, with a defense that, can, that, that is, is, is good with, uh, with starters that, that are ground ball pitchers. But the thing is, I'm not a bit, you know, I don't dive too deep into stats. That's just what I would imagine, what I think from year, watching 26 years of, of Rockies baseball. It makes sense. I, I was looking at some of the, uh, the the best hitters on the Rockies right now at home. CJ Crone, 119 WRC plus. He's been fantastic. Uh, Ryan McMahon, 109. And they're the only two guys that are above average at home. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, they, they've got some bats. Um, uh, Ryan Tapia is a guy that I just 
like watching play. He's fantastic right. in the field. Uh, he can hit the ball hard occasionally, but he also doesn't strike out. So he's a very interesting mix of things. And uh, I like that for some reason. I don't know why. No, we're I'm, I'm a big Rymel Tapia fan, but we got to be realistic with Rymel. I mean, what we're seeing a stretch of Rymel is what we worry about with him. He starts off great. He has a great approach to the plate, but right now he's looking lost. And we've seen him when he's up there and looking lost. He just is not able to produce, which which hurts me because I at the beginning of the year was was on the because Rymel seemed to kind of continue to trend upwards, but. but what we've been seeing lately is worrisome, but I'm not going to be too worried because the whole entire offensive production of the Rockies is down. So I don't know if that's something I can hang just on Rymel Tapia right now, but he's a player I, I hope can, can get better. He needs to get better. He's not over the hump of kind of that player where he's a, you know, kind of a run of the mill at most. I think he still has some potential, but still needs to, to get over the hump. It's, it's especially an offensive consistency, but Rymel Tapia is, is a blast to watch when, when he's on it. it he's a, he's a, a bright spot that's made this season a little bit more fun. I've still got a couple of questions for you, but real quick, I want to tell everybody about Bet Online because Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can check all of the action out at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on all of your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, the NHL, and all of your UFC or MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams continue their runs in the playoffs. Your Nuggets had a good game tonight as we're recording this. So uh, they're up three to two in that series. Maybe they'll have pulled it off by the time we're done. I, I'm not sure. Uh, you you think they're going to do it? I, I think so. I think, you know, the this is the, it, as much as a big momentum shift that happened tonight. I think now the Nuggets can ride a, a, a crucial victory there in game five. You got to like it. I, I, I would love to see the Nuggets advance. I, I, I like uh, what they got going on right now. And if you like what the Nuggets are doing, or, you know, you want to place a bet on this Rockies and A series, head on over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on. And that's why everybody says that bet online are your online sportsbook experts. And, you know, if you're looking for something that's a little bit different in terms of uh, fantasy sports or, or making some money when it comes to sports, you can you got to check out Sports Trade. It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. Sports Trade takes fantasy to the next level, kind of like Robin Hood for fantasy sports. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players just like real stocks. Finally, a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports and they just added baseball to the platform so check it out today making money with sports trade is simple as player values rise and fall based on two factors one their statistical performance in each game as compared to their projected fantasy points in that game the more points scored the higher the value goes Two, good old supply and demand the more demand a player has the higher their value goes instantly buy and sell as many shares and as many players as you like just like the stock market then watch your players battle and, and watch your portfolio rise simply go to sportstrade.com watch the how it works video and then sign up to get started sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun exciting and profitable new world of sports trading this is truly the evolution of fantasy sports you'll be amazed don't sit on the sidelines any longer get in the game at sportstrade.com so i have a couple of questions uh just trevor's story related one he's out for the series right. uh, he just got put on the il it looks like he'll he should be back before too long but he's got to serve the, the 10 days on the il so he will be missing this series mm -hmm. um 
my, my question, I know that you'll, you'll I'll, I'll ask about the, the trade stuff here in a second, but how has Brendan Rodgers been looking at shortstop? Because he should be the heir apparent once he does get, once Trevor Story does get moved, correct? So what are you seeing right now? Um, you know, we're finally seeing him get consistent playing time. And this has been something the Rockies have not done with their uh, top prospect. We haven't seen Brennan Rodgers get as much time. And, and what we have seen so far, I like. I mean, I, I like his defensive presence. I think he still has more room to develop on the offense. But again, you know, the, the whole offense thing is just shrouded in the struggles of the offense as a whole. But I, I like what we're seeing from Brennan Rodgers so far. He looks good there at, uh, at second base and shortstop. I mean, the question truly will be where he is he going to end up playing is it going to be shortstop is it going to be second base I think it's a good chance if the Rockies do keep some players it's a it's a McMahon and a uh, Rogers left side of the infield I think that's what the the Rockies would most likely go for and, and see what they can do with second base um, I don't know maybe McMahon you know, McMahon looks good over there. McMahon also can play second base and you got Joshua Fuentes over there. So, you know, I still think you need to see more, but I am excited that he is. That's, that's what the bet. I think the big takeaway for Brendan Rogers right now is he's finally in the lineup consistently enough where the Rockies can truly see where he's going to end up and, and what they can be. But uh, you know, after his, he's gotten a hundred at bats so far at the pro level, and he hasn't done what you're hoping for in terms of a top prospect. So you have to have that worry in the back of your mind, but this is the time to see what you got with him. And especially when you're, when you're entering a, a situation where you're, you're approaching the trade market, it, what can, what is his value? I, I think the Rockies truly have to look at every player on the roster right now with what is their trade value? What is their value going forward um, for the future of the team? For months, I've been putting uh, Herman Marquez on either the angels, if they were in it or the Toronto blue Jays. And I feel like those are, I mean, now it's the blue Jays of those two teams. Uh, I feel like he would fit very well there. They could use a starting pitcher. They've got prospect capital. So uh, I, I think that that would probably be where he ends up, but uh, just last thing on Trevor story real quick. And I, I know that you got questions for me too. So I'll, we'll switch it over to that here in a sec, but um are there any teams that you don't want Trevor story to get traded to, or is it just give me the best package? I don't care. Put them in pinstripes. It doesn't matter. Uh, you know, just as kind of a, a Homer type of guy, I never want to see a player go in the division. Um, the last, thing I want to see is a Nolan Arenado opt out and he plays on the Dodgers his hometown team I know that's what he wants but I don't know how I could physically process watching Nolan Arenado play in, in Dodger blue you know obviously don't want him not a big fan of him going to the Yankees but let's be real I want the Rockies to make a fine trade I would be able to stomach the Nolan Arenado trade if there was more there. If you're trading Trevor's story, I just want max value. I just want a trade that signifies the rebuild is going in this direction. I don't want to harp on the pieces you get back from Nolan Aaron, the Nolan Arenado trade. I feel like I'm pretty hard on Austin Gomber, um, even though he's been pretty successful in his last few starts. It's That's just not what you are hoping for if you're going to move on. On from players of this caliber. I truly believe the Rockies were only a couple pieces away from, from contending for the NL West, at least giving the Dodgers a run for their money and being a good wild card team to, to make a crazy run in the postseason. I just think an alternate timeline, the 2021 is a great time to be a Rockies fan in, instead of a miserable one. So I, I, as much as I want to say, I don't want him to go in certain places. I want him to go somewhere he can succeed this season, maybe help a team make a run. And then I, I hope he gets paid in the offseason season because he's a, a high caliber player and I hope he goes somewhere that he can compete and make the money that he deserves to play. Truthfully, I wish he didn't have to be traded. I, I, I wish that the, 
the future of the Rockies could involve Trevor Story, but that's just not the case. And uh, that's just not the not the hand that we've been dealt as Rockies fans. I definitely feel you as an A's fan. I'm like, yeah, same thing with Marcus Simeon last offseason. I was like, I mean, the A's aren't going to pay him. So if he's not going to be in Oakland, hopefully he makes a buttload of money and he just is very, very good wherever he signs. And he's been very good for the Toronto Blue Jays. It's been basically him and Vladito, and that's been their offense right now. Uh, Not necessarily how you drew it up, but he's been a big part of that team and I'm happy for him and I want them to win the division and them or the Rays, I guess. Uh, and, you know, just do well, get, get uh, you know, Boston, get New York out of there. I want to see the blue Jays and Marcus, I mean, uh, having success this year. So uh, do you have anything for me before we go to a second break? Yeah, actually I do as a, this off season, the Rockies front office has adopted a mind, or I guess they've had this. They adopted or publicly adopted a mindset, calling themselves a mid-market team. They're not going to be able to bring in big name players. And, and I call Huey on that. I don't <laughs> think the Rockies are in the same position that the Oakland A's are, are in. So in this transitional period, what can the Rockies learn from the A's in an approach to building a team, building a team uh, on a payroll? I mean, the Rockies don't embrace analytics. They don't, they, they, they have, don't truly have baseball minds running this thing. So, uh, you know, the A's are able to build teams by, by farm systems and smart Moneyball. I mean, the term and the movie, I mean, it's all there that they created. I I mean, the A's, you could probably say, created this era of, of stat-driven uh, baseball. So what what do you think the Rockies could learn from, from Oakland? Well, I, I also call Huey on the A's not ever having a $100 million payroll. They could go a little bit higher if they wanted to. So there's some Huey on both sides here. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that we, we talked about it just a, a minute ago with the Rockies are in a different situation with Coors Field, and that is a, a big variable that nobody has figured out yet. And I think that once they do, then they can actually start putting the pieces in place. But so really, I would say that, uh, you know, you got to scout well, you got to develop well, you got to do all those things really well. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the, the, I guess they they have developed some superstar level players. So their player development has been good and their scouting has been good. It's just a matter of the other pieces around them. And um, I, I think that, you know, the A's succeed because they can find diamonds in the rough for their bullpen. Their bullpen will be at least league average most years, just getting whoever and then making them a good pitcher. And it's not because they're, you know, using, you know, extra spin rate. They're not using stuff on their fingers. They're just using better pitches there it's all about pitch selection and pitch sequencing and that's what they're doing they just find guys with stuff that they need that's cheap and then that's kind of how they do it so you got to look for guys like that and uh hit on a decent amount of trades you're gonna lose some i mean they lost the donaldson trade obviously um they Mm -hmm. probably lost you know uh, the cespedes trade because it didn't work out in the end and uh, they could have gotten something else that was better for a rebuild for cespedes but they've hit on a bunch of just like low-key trades like bringing in chris davis for jacob nottingham who keeps getting dfa'd by the mariners and the and the brewers right now so uh that that's a name that's been out there and they got uh jacob nottingham in just a, a deadline deal with the houston astros they're not afraid to trade with like the houston astros their number one rival right now right um and and they also got Ramon Laureano from the Houston Astros for, you know, bag of beans. So they've, they're not afraid to make those trades, you know, with the Dodgers in your case or something like that. Um, obviously I wouldn't want to trade with the Dodgers if I'm the Rockies, because the Dodgers, 
they got some brains over there. They know what they're doing. They're not making yes. a, a trade that's going to benefit the Rockies as opposed to them. They, they're not like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll give you Trevor Story. But here is also, you know, Dustin May and these other guys that you can actually have a rebuild with. Uh, the, the Astros, for as good as they are, haven't been very good traders. I think that they overpay a lot, and that has helped the A's a little bit. But they all the A's are very good at scouting. They're pretty good at player development. Uh, Mark Canna, who's a very, very good hitter that doesn't get talked about a lot, was a rule five pick. They're, they're, they just bring guys in that uh, from you know the scrap heap like they've been doing for 20 years. And that's kind of what they do. So I think that it's scouting and development are the, the next phases in finding the next money ball. And, uh, you mm -hmm. know, I, I read a book about it and I was like, yeah, that, that all makes a lot of sense. It's, you know, making the next MVP as opposed to having to trade for him or, you know, pay a huge amount for him. You got to find him early, lock him in. And uh, once the A's, you know, start spending money, maybe we'll see them, you know, make a big signing, uh, you know, early, like, you, you know, Ronald Acuna Jr. or, you know, Fernando Tatis Jr. Maybe not for that much money, but, you know, keep them around for a few more years so that, you know, by the time that, you know, they hit free agency. And I don't know that players are necessarily going to go for this uh, because obviously it doesn't work out for them if they're locked up through like age 31 or 32, because then they're not going to get paid later. So, uh, the A's probably missed that train, but that would probably be the next thing that I would want to see them do. Um, the Rockies have spent money on guys. It's just been the wrong free agents. I think that it's just picking better free agents to go for because the Rockies got a little bit of money. I don't know if they're necessarily going to be spending in the near, near future, but they've shown that they can do it. And they're kind of not, not on an island, but right there in Colorado, it's Rockies town. The entire state is... Right. For you, you can have all of the money from Colorado and either, even some surrounding states. The A's are competing with the Giants just across the bay who spend money and also have won World Series in the recent past. Uh, right. you, got, you know, the Dodgers, the, the Padres, uh, the Angels to a degree, I guess. Uh, they all spend money and the A's are the only team that do not. So uh, that's their competitive disadvantages. They got to they gotta spend more to make more, I think. And that's something that uh, ownership has not proven that they want to do. And uh, I think that that's kind of the, the shortcoming of ownership is not putting enough into the club or the ballpark to bring people in to make more money for himself, which is just ridiculous to me. So uh, yeah. so with that, I got to talk about Built Bar because Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And I know that you're you're fairly new to the Lockdown Network, but did you know that they have nine delicious flavors plus limited time uh, flavors as well can't be beat I, I you know my i've been digging the uh peanut butter brownie that's my that's the that's my favorite flavor out of the nine they are delicious and actually i just got a box i'm not sure that i'm supposed to talk about it but i just got a box six bars of grasshopper cookie i have not opened this yet i am very intrigued but i'm assuming that that is a, an upcoming limited time flavor that they have for the summer and uh I, i've been told that it tastes like mint chocolate chip and uh, those are those are great flavors, and I kind of want that. Uh, the the word grasshopper weird me out, but I will let people know how that goes. I'm sure that it's great because everything that I've tasted from Built Bar has been delicious, and they are stacked with protein, which so are grasshoppers. <laughs> so I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> so that makes perfect sense, and it's also 
Just covered in 100% chocolate, they're soft and easy to chew. They are protein bars that taste like candy bars, and they are fantastic midday treats for you know me or you know post-workout treats for you know other people. But I like them as you know you know a little snack throughout the day. So if you want to get your hand on some of these delicious treats, all you got to do is go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. So yeah, we were talking about the A's and uh, rebuilding and all that stuff. Does any of that seem like it could work in Colorado? It's a lot of, you know, front office development, I think is where they might be lacking and, you know, making better decisions, not necessarily what they've already, I mean, kind of what they've already done, but they've got some decent players. It's, they got to be better at trades. I think is that the first thing that they can do right now. Yeah, it, it you nail it on the head where it's it's all it, the front office is is the place to start. It's it's it starts there, and the Rockies need to be better at trades. They need to up their uh, position in the eye. Man, all the stuff that came out after the Cardinals trade of how execs view the Rockies in the eyes of Major League Baseball. I mean, you don't want to be considered literally the laughing stock of baseball when it comes to trades and, and things like that. It's just not where you want to be. And to sit there and, and have Dick Momfort come out and say that he believes that this is a great team. It's just underperformed. It's just not the case. We've run the gambit with this Rockies team. And if we don't have the superstars that it's still there that are performing, then this, it's just not there. When you look at the success of the Rockies of the past, it's the four, it's the Blackman, it's the Arenado, it's the story and the LeMahieu, when those players aren't in or is playing well, the Rockies fall off a cliff. The production just is completely there. So the, the big difference, and I think you hit it on the head, is Coors Field will still draw people. There will still be people in the stands. People will still watch the Rockies. They will still go and enjoy a beautiful day in Denver. That is something that we know to be true. The Rockies have money. They can spend it, but it is always spent on the wrong free agents. Why JT Real Muto is not a op, you know, why they're not going out there and trying to pay him something big to get him to go there and bring a power bat catcher, big name to there. And to just say to yourself that you're not a team that can bring in big names. I just don't believe that. I just don't believe a player doesn't. I believe pitchers don't want to go to Colorado. I don't believe hitters are that afraid of it. I just if but I think when they hear that the Rockies don't embrace the 21st century of baseball, that's where they get worried. When Nolan comes out and says the first thing the Cardinals tell him and show him is all these numbers and all these stats and all this approach that he's never seen before, that's something that is worrisome. I mean, again, the Rockies have to get rid of this idea that Dick Momford and the people up there were the baseball guys and they know what they're doing and they're all there and it's, you know, Jeff Breidich is saying it's not, you know, running a team it's not like brain surgery or anything that you know he's the guy it's just not you just need a front office that just that just is approachable and is transparent and actually looks like they have a plan that's just been the thing with the rockies you just don't know what they do they finally build something and then it crumbles all the way because the gm gets his his feelings hurt because the superstar player is upset they have spent zero dollars in free agency so that's i i think you've nailed it i think you, you got it. it's it's just a complete front office change needs to be that's why i i am hoping for an outside gm to come into the organization i am i am really really hoping for that well and i think that one reason that players might not want to go there is because uh the franchise star for the last decade uh nolan arnado had a public feud with the front office and who do you think they're going to side with the guy that they don't know who is kind of behind the times or they're you know uh, another player I mean, the, the hall of fame third baseman I yeah mean, I don't think there's who, really who are they going to side with you, you want to go play for this guy and you know not have fun but you, you have nice stats you can go get the nearly the same amount of money if not more 
playing in like Yankee stadium and you'll be contending at the very least. So yeah, you, you got to fix the, the front office, I think. And uh, it, that sucks. Um, if you want me to do it, I can, I will try my darndest. It'll be fun. I will do so many studies on Coors Field in the offseason. That's what I'm saying. I, I I just think this the Rockies eye-opening moment during this rebuild needs to be let's dig in. Let's dive into the numbers. Let's figure out what works at Coors Field or what has, especially in this new era of baseball, I mean, that we're seeing of, of higher strikeout rates than ever and just how many differences that we're seeing. Let's dive in and instead of course field, just truly being the thing you hear every single time a Rockies game is talked about, let's figure out what makes it tick. I mean, you can't sit there and say we can't at, at, at this day and age anymore. It's just not true in baseball in, in 2021 that you can figure some stuff out to make it cool. And, and I think baseball would be better with a Rockies team. That's competitive. That can be a unique team for people to jump on the bandwagon which which they they were being there those two playoff years and um and once they can embrace that i think colorado really will uh, become a baseball town i mean like you said if the rockies are good it would ignite an entire region and and those numbers are there the people want to go watch the games and they can bring in those big name people they just need to have the right approach to the game which they don't when you hear stories that the analytics department is also doing laundry for the team. So, I mean, they're trying to give players a, a pitching breakdown while trying, you know, wash their socks. I mean, that's just, you hear that and you're like, this is a professional baseball organization. How is this an actual story? Hold on. That's real. They, they were legitimately doing laundry. That's not like a, they in the COVID shortened season, they were having their analytics department also do laundry. They couldn't pay somebody like one person minimum wage. What's minimum wage in Colorado right now? Oh, I'm sure it's got to be like above. Eight bucks? It's got to be in the 15 range. Oh, is it that much? At least okay. In, in the Denver area, I would imagine, okay. especially like when you're working there at Coors Field, it's like, and let's hope that the Rockies can pay someone $15 an hour to just, just embrace one analytics. person. Yeah. <laughs> what's uh, it take for you? Got, we got to do like two loads of laundry for, you know, 25, 26 guys, 28 guys last year, maybe some coaches, 40 guys. You can do that in two loads, right? It's mostly <laughs> sitting there, I guess. I, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, I mean, man. and that's just, I mean, and then that's just what you hear. And then, and, and how are you supposed to have faith in the direction of the team? When you hear stories like that, it's, it, it, it's just, you know, I love the Rockies. I will, I will live and breathe Rockies baseball as, as hard as it's been this year. But, but that's just, I think the true state of the Rockies. And it just, at this point, we have so many questions. We're in a huge transition where we'll see if those questions get answered. But uh, right now I, everything, I don't know. I mean, I think no one is, you know, everybody should be up for, for on the trade, on the trade block. You should completely see what the Rockies look like in three to four years from now, because I, you, you lost that window that you built because you slammed it shut on yourself for whatever reason. The Rockies are always just a fascinating team for me because there are so many variables that it's not just, you know, Oh, we, we trade for this guy. It's like, okay, but what's his spin rate? Like how will that react at Coors? And there there's more variables and I, don't know why, but uh, I always find that very interesting, probably because I've been, you know, reading and listening to Mike Petriello for a long time. And he's a big Rockies, you know, Coors fan and whatnot. He's always defending like, yeah, they left Coors Field and they're still good. That's weird, huh? That's what I've been saying forever. And uh, so I've bought into a lot of the things that he has been saying, because it can't be easy going, you know, and that's why I think uh, everybody's like, oh, well, Coors, that's why everybody's doing so well there. I'm like, well, yeah. And why they struggle on the road, but it's because they're seeing they could see in the same picture you know in 
um, not every game, but for a week. And if you go home road, home road, home road, they're seeing different pitches every single time. Right. And that's, that's not easy. You need no, some I, elite talent to do that. Yeah. And, and I think I, that's what I'm saying. I think this is, you need to embrace the unique situation you found yourself in. If you're going to be successful as the Colorado Rockies, no longer can we ignore Coors Field. Uh, and it's not like they have ignored Coors Field. Let me, you know, let's be honest. There's been, there's been attempts, but now is truly the time to dive into to what makes it tick and, and to look into the years that you've had success on the road and what worked on those and, and during those years and, and see what you can bring bring to the future there because there are other hitter friendly ballparks in, in, in baseball. I mean, it's not just because that you know Coors Field is super hitter friendly. There are teams that yeah, you don't have that that difference in pitches so much like you said. I mean, it, you're, you've nailed it on the head there with the, the movement and, and how pitches look uh, uh, home versus away for the Rockies. But you got places like Yankee Stadium, Great American Ballpark, where a shallow fly ball is going over the wall mm-hmm. in, in certain areas. It, so you got to well, be but at Yankee Stadium. You're like, OK, well, we just load up on lefties so that they can't just do it to the short porch. And that's all you got to do. It's a really simple fix, you know, there in Boston. Just reverse that because they got the, the monster at the other side. So you can do things to mitigate some of those in Coors, It's still like. I mean, I don't know. Is it going to cross the plate? I'm not positive. And so yeah. that's the that's the challenge right now for the Rockies, I think. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I, I just think we the Rockies need to take a very creative approach to the future of the team, which can I think can lead to some success where they just start looking at Rockies baseball specifically. Don't, you know, look at the game as a whole, learn what you can, but let's zone in and let's focus in on Rockies baseball specifically what is working what doesn't work where can we go from there I got one last quick question for you and that is after the deadline what are you going to be looking for to see the next brand of Rockies baseball who are you is it Brendan Rogers and Raimel Tapia who are you looking for who could be called up uh you know what's going to keep you interested the rest of this season and beyond it's the starting pitching uh, is going to be, you know, we're going to, I, depending on who remains, I, I do think some pieces from the Rockies rotation are, will end up traded. I think a John Gray, Herman Marquez are two examples of people that could be, that could see themselves dealt. Uh, I, the future of the Rockies that I would like to see after the deadline is a Kyle Freeland led rotation with uh, Ryan McMahon as the star of the team. I think we've seen from this year that he is a guy that we can build around. He can play three positions in the infield so we can figure out what works best, but we have a new third baseman. We have a utility player in Joshua Fuentes who can take some time to develop, who's shown great flashes defensively, great flashes offensively, but needs to bring that consistency to the game of, of a big, uh, of a big league player. Um, So that's, that's what I'd say. Uh, I'd love to see Rymel Tapia. I just, we just need to see him, thrive it's just not going to be enough for Rymel to be the Rymel he's been for three or four years it's just not left field is an important position in baseball I feel like you really need to have a, a if you can get a superstar out there or a stud out there which Rymel does have the potential to be I don't know necessarily if he'll ever be a all-star defensive player um, but in terms of, of, of arm strength and things like that, he just takes some wacky routes. But the flashes Rymel show are, are great, and he's such a fun, charismatic player to watch. But, yeah, I, I think at the deadline, you see Story gone. You see uh, a piece or two from, from the starting rotation gone. And uh, we see what we get in McMahon, Rogers, and, and, and Tapia there with uh, Fuentes not close but, uh, behind. That's going to be 
the future of the rock now do i think that that is the future of the rockies that i have no idea <laughs> to be totally honest uh the rockies i don't think you can truly figure out the direction of the team until a gm is named and you can see what that what that person has in mind and what dick momford's role will be with that gm and and how much he plays a role in, in, in uh the uh business side of baseball Makes sense. I, I like it all. It, great talking with you, Paul. Thanks for, uh, you know, doing the crossover with me. Um, no wh where can people find you on social media and uh, your show? Obviously uh, you can find me at Paul Holden 33 there on Twitter and you can find locked on Rockies at L O Rockies. I don't have the, uh, the locked on in the, in the tag there, but at L O Rockies, you can find me there and that'll give you, that'll bring it all sorts of great Rocky stuff. And then for me, you, you can follow my other, all my other shows and all the other stuff there at Paul Holden 33. That's the place to go. Sounds good. And uh, you can follow me at by Jason B on Twitter. You can follow the show at locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, yeah. We got to talk more Rockies baseball in the, in the future because they're fascinating. And maybe after the trade deadline and uh, you can just vent if you need to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, as long as the trades make me feel like the team is heading to a better place. The, the, the tough pill will be a little bit easier to swallow. <laughs> Sounds good, man. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jason.